So we're going to make a new Magely Awakening character. We're going to do a little awakening session here. And by the end of it, we should have a completed character sheet as well. I you're think doing, you're doing some sort of art or service, aren't you? I am. Um, Roseo, I think, is definitely she's she's doing like work and learning how to 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 make her work to use the word work again, work for people. So um, anything from from building uh, accessible devices onto someone's car or like making those sorts of fixes or alterations uh, if people need them. That's great. And I think yeah. we've got a, maybe a garage. Where, what are we feeling like for the workspace here? It's definitely a garage. Probably a, it used to be some sort of like mill factory sort of thing. And do you have any people there working with you or is this just your garage? I have people. So I rent out space in the garage. It's definitely a shared worker space. I've got a question. Go Does ahead. Romero own the space or do your parents own the space? I think it's the Romero owns that space. Yeah. So a lot of your, your money has gotten tied up in this thing. It's really your baby. Yeah. It's my baby. Yes. And that's that's kind of why it goes head to head with my parents, um, because I saved up and used my funds to support this place and keep it running. Do you have any special NPCs that you want to have at the garage people who you've got a very close bond with? Yeah, I think like something like a scheduler, um, an apprentice. Yeah, I think those are the two that really come to mind. Someone who probably lives next to the garage um, that maintains it. I think that maybe your scheduler is an older person Mm -hmm. who maybe even has some sort of what society might consider a disability where Mm -hmm. they have had a hard time finding a job, but they are ultra capable. And so they've been helping to do a lot of like the scheduling and the organization. Mm -hmm. And then they do help clean up the place, but you've got an apprentice, someone who is not getting paid for this labor. Uh, They are getting paid for doing their own stuff, but they're also Mm -hmm. outside of hours to like show up and be really respectful with the space, make sure it's good for everybody. Yes, I think that sounds perfect. That's that's what I envision as well. Do you have names for either of those characters? Not off the top of my head. One of them begins with J. Could it just be J? Could it just be J. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Is J the scheduler or the apprentice? J is the apprentice. And they're really an artist, I think, that is creating some really excellent work that you're trying to support. Yes, I think that sounds good. And the scheduler is someone who lives next to the shop. Mm -hmm. I think that they have uh, a hurt hip, which is not a good one to have in terms of mobility. So they have some Mm -hmm. uh, mobility needs, but you've made the garage up to standards. You've really, it wasn't up to standards and you have Mm -hmm. created ramps. You are actually probably exceedingly good at physical structures like buildings. So even though you, you really do run a garage here, you could do any kind of housework. You could build a house if you really put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think his name is Otis. Well, this is a great web. I am so all about it. (laughs) Oh, so cool. Look at that. Good job. Thank you. Fortunately for Roseo, the next thing that is going to have to happen in this beautiful web is that Mm -hmm. one of these locations has drawn you into crisis. Is it your family, your ex-wife and Paloma? Is it your parents, Diego and Alma, maybe getting sick Mm -hmm. or even dying? Or is it the garage in some way? Has something gone terribly wrong at the garage? My baby... Yeah, we're going to do the garage. Okay. So what city or what location are you in? I am Michigan. I think I might be in Michigan. Yeah, I'm in Detroit. Well, I absolutely love it, but I am going to contribute further to Detroit's reputation of being violent and dangerous now. 
Sorry, Detroit. <laughs> um, we love you, Detroit. There are some riots. And mm-hmm. honestly, you probably are of the feeling that the riots are pretty justified. And the, the mill is pretty fortified. Like you have the metal sheets that come down, but in the middle of the night, Jay calls you and lets you know that someone has set fire to the mill. And the, the mill is, you know, semi-fireproof. You've designed measures to keep especially certain rooms to be more resilient to this thing, but it's got all this old stuff in the walls that you never found time to tear down. So you do know that it can go up and you know that these buildings can be extremely dangerous as well because firefighters often go up onto those top stories, but they're not stable because the building's pretty old right now. How would you react to the news? I tell, I tell Jay, I get to someplace safe. Um, I'm gonna head right over there. Uh, watch out for Otis, see how he's doing. If there's anything wrong, call me. Um, and then I put on my studded armor. What was it? Studded, studded leather. Yeah. And um, my boots. And um, I prepare some, I stuff some bandanas into my back pocket for smoke purposes. Um, anything that passes through my mind really quickly. And then I'm out. Yeah. And you, you're moving. How do you get around? So you have two dots and resources. That's easily enough to have a car or a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. What's your means of transportation? I have a car. Um, I have like a large um, pickup truck. Yeah. So your large pickup truck is, as it just so happens, stuck in between these two other neighbor cars. They've parked too close to you once again. And you know that since you don't have dots in drive, this is a semi-precarious situation for you. And with that, we're going to roll you the first roll of the game. And unfortunately, it's one that you are not skilled in. <laughs> That's fine. Let's do this. Uh, so, what am I rolling? What it would be is it's going to be a dexterity plus drive check. But since you don't have drive, it will be dexterity two minus one which means it will be one die. That will be a success on an eight, nine, or 10. It's unlikely. But Mm -hmm. what you can do is you can spend a point of willpower to add three more die. And then you've got a very good chance of being able to do a nine-pointed turn and get out of this spot. I'm clearly gonna do, well, that's if I wanna be protective over my, right, like, if I want to be careful over my neighbor's shit. Yeah. I'm sorry for swearing. <laughs> oh, no. Not, yeah, your neighbor's stuff. My neighbor's stuff. Um, yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, it is going to be a role. It's still a dexterity plus drive check to drive okay. over the other car. Okay. Uh, what sort of die am I? Is it a D20? D10. So one D10. You can do it with physical dice or on the server. There's a dice roller or whatever. There's a dice roller on the server. Let's see if I can figure this out. Right. I'm not sure what that means, but it looks interesting. Um, It is not a success. Okay. Okay. You try to drive through your neighbor's thing, and their car gets pushed forward and starts scraping into the uh, side. Now, at this point, you could try again, or you could try a dramatic failure, which would be bad for you, but you'd learn from it. Or you could succeed at a cost, which would be good for you and also bad for you. What do you mean by learn from it? Um, You'd get a beat, even though it would probably destroy your truck. My poor truck. Another baby gone. You know what? Let's try again with 
uh, for a good result. Okay. All right. So yeah, you've already damaged the neighbor's car a little bit, but you could just back up into the other car. Oh yeah. Do I roll for that? Yep. Uh, no, another D10. Okay. Just one D10 though. Yep. This is great. Oh no. Oh one. Uh, uh, it's funny. Yeah, you just you've you've done it. You now have the room to leave. Yes. That's what I wanted. You drive out into the night. The headlights still work. Um your bumper can take it. One of them was pretty big, but like you did it. You're good. It is a crisis. It's an emergency, except what it also is, is it's a little bit a moral. So I'm going to have you roll five dice. If okay. you get even one success on this, you feel kind of bad that it happened. Okay. And that would be five COD. That's right. Okay. I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. You got two successes. It looks like. Mm-hmm. So that means that you do feel bad about this. You're like, uh, I should probably like, Fix the damages, you know. I run a shop. If yeah. it survives, I can always, I'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll have to like make them some sort of food or something. You're already planning it out. You you feel yeah. bad about it, but this is the time for action. You arrive at the burning uh, garage. The garage is burning down. And it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You look at it, it's just... How, why, you didn't think this was possible. This is your entire life. And then I'm going to afraid I'm going to have to make it worse for you. Okay, let's do it. Because what happens is as you've pulled in and like you're looking at it, Jay's there, the firefighters are there, they're spraying the building with water. Lucida's car drives up and she says where's Paloma this was her weekend with you did I freaking Paloma at home no she's in the garage oh no weeping underneath your desk you can see exactly where she is or was in your mind Um, yeah, we are, we are jumping out of the car, um, and, um, I don't think I, I would just so much shock. I don't even acknowledge Lucita just yet. Uh, all I'm doing is running towards the building, shouting Paloma's name. Yeah. You burst past the sound of people trying to stop you. There is a moment where the caution tape catches in your mouth and you taste plastic, but it doesn't even register almost as your body, driven by adrenaline, closes the gap to the building. You burst down through the door. It's a metal door and it's hot to the touch. As you slide it up with a slam, you didn't know that your body could respond this strongly. You feel Mm -hmm. so alive, almost like you could do anything or die. Nothing matters right now as you rush inside. You find that the greatest work of art that you created here, the most important thing, was this one child. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, reality shatters and breaks apart, and we step outside the game for a moment. And after Rosea comes out of this experience, she is going to have magic. She is going to know some deep truths about this world. And this is called your awakening. Reality is a lie. So much of it. With magic, In Mage the Awakening, there are five paths. I don't think that they should be all-encompassing. So, like, if you have your own idea about what kind of magic that you want to do, we can either fit it to a path or create our own thing. But 
Traditionally, the five paths are, and I'm not sure all these are great fits yet, but some of them mm. definitely feel like they are. One of them is the path of insanity, where you break down mentally in a situation of extremes and nothing makes sense anymore until suddenly it all makes sense that it doesn't have to make sense because there's no such thing as a separation. There's no such thing. This is all one. And mm -hmm. similar themes on that. That's called the path of demons. Now, there's another path of death where you essentially die or someone important to you dies and that death changes you. You suddenly become obsessed with how things end and how things don't end. The path of death is almost opposite to a path of life where being alive is revered and the spirits of this world are watching over you. The path of life is a path of animalistic power, of pure strength through will. The last two remaining paths, one of them is the path of the righteous or the divine path. In this path, you will understand all of reality for what it truly is and see each of the others. You'll be able to control fire and to turn invisible and fly like a superhero or a wizard in D&D. And the final path is the path of the Fae, the path of fate, the path of time. It's a way to write yourself an ending, whether glorious or cursed, and usually both in some way. The path of fate is one to the land of Arcadia, where will becomes reality as well. For that's a theme in all of these paths. Mm -hmm. What you will through the way you understand it becomes reality. Hmm. And your question for me is which path? My question for you, I suppose, is what sort of magic do you want to do? It doesn't have to fit into those paths. Just what... Okay. What kind of spells do you want to cast once you've awakened? Like strong, animated sort of sort of um, spells. So strong as in like fire, but animated as we want to move this burning building. So we are going to infuse magic into the beams and have it push itself away. Yeah, that happens as you run into the building, you just, it falls on you and you just shrug it off. You thrust it to the side. You break through a wall. You carry your daughter through the blaze, but the fire doesn't touch her. It doesn't touch you. It collapses even the structures that you thought were fireproof into a smoldering wreck with a beautiful, made from the remains of all the things that you had created. The world shudders and twists and your memory of the next few hours, even the next few days, is not complete. As you, you don't know what happened. You know that people want to know. You know that Lucida is pissed at you. She's furious. She's threatening to get the courts involved. You've lost a lot of money. Even your resource dots won't cover it, but you could pay all your resource dots if you'd like to, to try. No, I don't think I can rebuild it. I'm not sure. Well, I definitely want to make sure Otis and Jay are being paid. Yeah, that's going to take um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I put in the insurance claim for the building and try to help them find new jobs as I go through all the documentation that's required with it. With that. In the coming weeks, you learn that one of the clients driving one of those stupid sports cars, there was good money in it, who left mm -hmm. their car at the shop is suing you. 
They're suing you for more than the car is worth. And you had fixed it. So much of that car was broken because of the way they were driving it. Mm-hmm. And now they're suing you. The world is like the one that you left before. But sometimes when you're sitting at a table, you know mm-hmm. that you can just break it. You can just smash it in half. Do you try? Hmm. I think I'm wary about it. So, um, unless I lose my temper or I'm not paying attention, I, I'm trying to remain as controlled as possible. Everything else is out of control, out of my control. The only thing right now, it feels like I can control myself and if I can prevent myself from breaking that table, I, I will try. It's more than just the table. It's everything in your life. It's the door. You do break one door on accident. Mm-hmm. But after that, you kind of start to become obsessed with not breaking anything. Okay. And you feel so much more in tune with how much force you apply to everything. Like, you can close doors perfectly right now. Like, after that first door, you know exactly two fingers and the mm-hmm. door is closed. It's not broken. Yeah. In this time of sadness, really, or loss, at least, you make some connections. Are they with people that you've already met? Are they with people from the shop, for example? Are they um, your parents or Paloma? I think it's all of them. Um, I think it's Paloma. She's the first thing I was worried about. I'm glad she's made it out alive. Do you know what? I'm pissed at myself as well. Uh, so right now, you know, I can forgive and understand Lucita's anger towards me. Um, although, of course, I don't wish for it to go into custody, um, lawsuits, all of that. My parents are happy that I'm alive. They love me. They uh they are like, okay, this is a new, this is a new path. Maybe the shop is done. Maybe it's over. Um, but I still have my life with Otis and Jay. It's, you know, coming together, um, making sure that they're they're okay, that they're they're fed, and they do the same thing for me. It's a loss of jobs, and so it's it feels heavy. But I don't blame them, um, even though they feel like they're they're. There could have been something that they could have done. And then, of course, people I've helped in the past and like neighboring businesses around me are thoughtful. I think someone, even the community, throws like some sort of fundraiser to make up because it's a loss. Yeah, Uh, the community is there for you. And I think you should roll a wits plus socialized check. And it's probably one that you want to spend a willpower on to roll three more dice. I will. You know what? I will. Um, So that would be, how do I figure out how much dice that is? So your wits is three and your socialize is one. So that's four dice plus three. That's another three. That's seven. Seven. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I just saw a post in the die roll that said, reason Unghostify Deva's ghost arm. I have got to attend to this. Unghostify Deva's ghost arm? Yeah. That sounds wild. Sounds like someone got in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. How many successes did you get on that roll? I got two. Two successes is pretty good. Your parents and your relationship does not get better that they are really kind of upset at this whole thing. But you and Lucida have this shared moment of trauma and it brings you closer together. She starts coming over and preparing you dinner. The unfortunate thing is that while you're hanging out with Otis, whose house did not burn down, um, they're on disability, but with the money that you've given them, they're going to be comfortable for years, it seems. You know, they've got some time. It's given them a very healthy cushion. Jay, on the other hand, is 
having to take work at another shop. I mean, he's got some money, but he he feels like he needs more to survive the way that he wants to live. And you know that shop, they were kind of like your rivals and they're lucky to have Jay, but they're jerks. Mm-hmm. And life goes on. Yeah. Things are giving weird. Jay my blessing for that. I think he probably comes to me a little bit like self-conscious, um, but is honest about like where he's gotten his new job. Um, and I give him my blessing and you know what? I uh, I do check in to make sure he's being treated right. Yeah. He's not being treated right. Okay. Doesn't make you angry. Yeah, it does. So it goes from hanging out, maybe having some drinks, mm-hmm. whatever you would like to partake in. And that could just be games. You know, I think there's something that you, Otis, and Jay all do together. What is your shared social activity? I think it's. You nailed it. Um, it's like having a drink, um, maybe having a barbecue during the summer months when it's nicer outside uh, and playing some cards, cards or dice, dominoes. Yeah. Dominoes, cards, they keep reappearing in your life and you start to relate them to your temper. You know, you'll lose these games mm-hmm. and you're so you're wound so tight right now. You haven't been angry in weeks intentionally. It's not you right mm-hmm. now. You are not giving into your vice. You're really kind of not giving into your virtue right now either, but it feels just below the surface almost. Mm-hmm. You do hear from Jay about how the other garage has been treating him and it almost makes you lose it. I think roll your resolve plus your composure. So the resolve is three, composure is two, so five. Yeah. Do I want to use the willpower for this? You know what? No, I think I've... You're not that invested. In yeah. This. My results was a one. A one is... One a success. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you walk down the street and you glare mm-hmm. You take no action. And you start to be able to understand yourself a little bit better as well, I think. When you awaken, you gain a point in an attribute. And I think that the point that your character has gained it in, tell me if this is not right, is composure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so that also increases your willpower. um, And you gain back that willpower that you spent before. Okay. It also increases your initiative modifier from four to five or eight if they're armed with a weapon. Are you updating this sheet too? I sure am. Thank you so much. Obsession. So mages get obsessions. Mm-hmm. And I think that your obsession might be not breaking things that shouldn't be broken. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Your character has noticed that there's something going on with them, but they don't know exactly what it is. It is magic. This is called the mystery play. And not all mystery plays happen in the waking world. Sometimes they are inside your dreams. Do you think more of the mystery play happens in the waking world or inside Roseo's mind? I think it's in the waking world. Yeah. You start to see things that you know aren't there. Things like auras and stuff. There's this one woman. um, She's Latina. She's down on the street. She's um, often selling things on a blanket, sort of like a street vendor. But you're pretty sure that Detroit hasn't given her any permission. Respect it. Yeah, yeah. You kind of, you've known about this woman for a long time. You've always known her. In fact, she knows your name. You don't know hers, though. But she always calls out Romero. And sometimes you like talk about the changes in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. 
she looks different in the coming weeks. Something almost luminescent about her. So by luminescent, I think I catch it as it's a good thing um, that there's something, something has changed. And I, I go by her every now, every now and then I'm like, I'm not going to say something right now. I think she's good, but you know, that one day I have some extra time on my hands and I, and I go up and I'm like, Hey, um, what's it, what's going on? You look, I, I didn't, I mean, I've been busy these last couple of times, but I wanted to check in with you. You look great. What's, uh, you look like you're glowing. Um, uh, what's been happening in your life? Yeah, she smiles really big and her teeth are all beaming energy at you. You just feel this pulse of joy and like vibrance. And she takes you by the hand and she just starts talking about, you know, she sold these watches. She got $50 for each one. And it's been a really nice week outside. She's, she kind of like bonds with you about the burning down of your establishment and Mm -hmm. says, You know, that was the hottest week of the summer. It was terrible in everyone's life. Must have been a a full moon, too. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Thankfully, I mean, you know, losing the place is probably one of the hardest things that has ever happened to me. But I I am grateful that no one was hurt things can always be replaced rebuilt so i'm just you know i'm just keeping on keeping on she is really encouraging of you she keeps mentioning the planets you think you think she's into astrology and you didn't really know that about her before i asked uh so so what's your sign Sign like are you into okay you're into all of that uh I, i i don't really know what mine is i'm kind of uh I was born in end of July. I feel like I should know this, but it's not a Virgo. Is it? Who's right before? Leo. Leo. Yeah, yeah. So that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would. You have those moments. Fire? Yeah, where you like encounter someone and then you find out their birth sign and then you're like, oh. Yeah, I knew that, didn't I? (laughs) Yep. So she's glad to sit with you and like trade occult secrets with you. And she really like is into that. Do you want to spend some time over the coming weeks bonding with her? Yes. We're going to talk about urban legends. One of my specialties, particularly around this part of town. And we're going to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. And her name is Rosa. Okay. She is really a, um, she claims to be a psychic and she really is deep into this occult lore. You think she's got more occult dots than you. And she starts pointing things out to you. Little things, things that shine kind of like she shines, kind of like she's got this aura. And she's excited if you share with her that you see auras. Do you? Not on the first time. Yeah. But as as our relationship grows, as our, as I sit by, you know, I don't always get to talk, speak with her for a prolonged amount of time. But when I do, I will sit. And then one of those times, one of those times I, I do say, ask her, do you know anything um sometimes sometimes i see like this light around people i mean i'm sure i don't have cataracts or anything like that although but i i do see it around people i see it around you a lot you know anything about that she explains emotional auras but it doesn't sound exactly right then she says something about how witches are sometimes known to be able to see the truth And then that resonates. 
you're walking back home and you can see how all the advertisements are targeting people, preying upon them, using their shapes and designs to make them act in their worst interest. You can see all the corporate lies. It's like you've got the glasses from They Live. I don't know if you've seen this movie. No. Okay. Um, Sounds wild, though. Yeah, it's real wild. Guy puts on magic glasses and he can see all the propaganda and all the lies. And it's not just like, for him, it's all of the corporate shenanigans and it's all the governments um, misleading. And I think there's aliens involved or something. But for you, it's just you can see every time that someone is misleading someone else. You can mm-hmm. tell exactly how Jay's boss has been gaslighting him. Okay. And you are still being sued for more money than you have. Mm-hmm. But you're trying to live life to the fullest. You get to see Paloma. You and Lucita are going on dates. Your parents have some respect for you. Have you told them about being sued? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have. Without the expectation that they're going to fix it or anything. Um, I think there's a part of me that thinks this is absolute bull. Um, You don't understand. The law here in Michigan lets them take our money, they say. They're, they've actually hmm. they're, they have some respect for you but they're also hmm. curious and scared then I ask them I ask first of all what do you mean your money and then depending on that answer I have another question for them yeah the, the money that they've worked so hard accumulating they they you know made this money and it took them their whole life and they could see all of that stripped away. You wouldn't want them in a nursing home like anyone, like anyone's parents. No, they call themselves grandparents, don't they? Yeah. Like anyone's grandparents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I, I asked them for help with the lawsuit. I think it's a persuasion check. Okay. I think it's a manipulation persuasion check. Gonna use a willpower for this one. Yeah, so you'll roll three dice and there's a chance that it works. Okay. And then manipulation, I have a one, but that doesn't count for a die. Does right. it? Well, it does, but then minus one is a zero dice. So plus three. Got is- it. That makes sense. Okay, so it's gonna be three. Let us roll a three COD. No successes? No. No help comes. Mm-hmm. You know, they could do it. You know, it'd be so easy for them to just let you use one of their lawyers. Mm-hmm. One thing that we should check in about mm-hmm. before we continue in the story is actually lines and veils. Okay. So, um, for example, I have a really hard line around sexual violence. That's not something that will appear in any form. That's not to say Mm -hmm. that survivors of sexual violence won't appear in this story. That could happen. But there will be no sexual violence depicted or anything that is really tied into that becoming an element of the story. Yeah. Similarly, I have a veil around pretty much any kind of sexual content, which would just fade to black. Like, yes, you and Lucida had a child. It wasn't something that the story was like doing a whole scene about. Yeah. That makes that all makes sense. Lines and veils. The veils stay to black. Lines are like, no. That's right. Okay. Uh, one of my line is, lines are like a harm to death of children. Mm-hmm. Veils are any sort of eye injury, like descriptive, gory, I can use uh, I can do without the descriptive gory parts, and we can always check in with that. Yeah, too. And if you ever feel like there's anything else that you're feeling comfortable with, just message me, and I'll, you know. Of course, yeah. Well, it's a good thing I wasn't planning on killing Paloma. <laughs> there is a few months later, an incident. Mm-hmm. You come home, and there are these two armed men. They're wearing ski masks. 
and they've broken your television. They've apparently been waiting for you. I come in, I, I ask them, well, first of all, who would have been home? Is, would I have known if they, there's anyone home? I don't think anyone would be at your home. I think Lucida has her own place with Paloma and Paloma is not over this weekend. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So I don't have to worry about them, which means I can go. Um, I, and did you say they were armed? They are uh, with like baseball okay. bats. One of them's got a baseball bat. The other one's got a tire iron. Okay. I grabbed my baseball bat from, from my truck. Yeah. You know, Things have been so stressful. I'm probably not thinking, doing the best thinking around around self-preservation. So yeah. I'm going in. I'm going in and I ask, what are you doing here? What do you want? They are here to tell you that you have to pay Scott White. That's the guy whose car got destroyed. Scott's not happy with you. You better pay him right away. Yeah, we're going through courts for that. So um, you can get on stepping. You're not going fast enough. We know you have the money. I don't give a damn. You don't know anything about my situation. You don't know what you're doing, especially walking up into my house. I, I continue walking forward. I am brandishing my bat. Ah. I think the video broke up for a second there. I heard the audio perfectly. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I got an unstable internet. It's it's, uh, it's uh, thunderstorm out here. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I think I got it. So I heard your voice. I heard what you said. It was awesome. And they are probably not that scared of you because they're jerks. I think you should roll presence plus intimidation. Okay, presses is a two, uh, sorry, is a three. Intimidation is a plus one. Willpower, you know, I'm four. If I use a willpower, it's plus another three, so seven. Not doing that yeah, math right? That's exactly right. Okay, <laughs> but I didn't put it in right. Okay, let's see. Seven COD. Three. Three. Uh, did I say you didn't scare them? You're pretty sure you yeah. those guys piss his pants. No, yeah, uh, they are terrified of you. You at one point reach over and pick up something metal that you know you can crush in your hand, and you do it, just highlighting all of your strength. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you make a comparison to the human skull, and they leave. Sounds about right. Yeah. It goes good for a while. Mm -hmm. As it usually I do is. make a point to tell Lista about this, to tell her, you know, um, until this is squashed, I don't really want, I, I, if it's okay, I want to come visit um, Paloma at your place, but let's avoid mine um, just in case. Yeah. And, you know, a few weeks later, it didn't make sense to keep paying both rents and you've moved in with Lucida. Okay. And then one night Lucida doesn't come home. You and Paloma had movie night and uh, mm -hmm. she was gonna come back with the Chinese food. Okay. I think I, I call up Otis see if I can drop off Paloma so yep. that I can do some searching around for a Lucita. And that's if he says it's okay, he can watch my kid for a little bit. That's fine. I think I try to handle it with Paloma as, as calmly as possible, not to make her scared or anything like that. But it's clear that like mom didn't show up with the food and we were about to go, go do this thing. So it's, there's definitely some curiosity with the kid. I think it's a composure plus subterfuge roll, which is three for your composure, minus one. Minus one. Down to two die. 
my daughter means a lot to me. So I'm adding the willpower points to this. Yeah. Got a uh, result was three. With three successes, you, she has no clue that something's wrong. You're like, hey, we're, I'm going to go take you down to Otis. She's like, I love Otis. Oh yeah, you're going to do this and that with Otis. And she's really into it. She's, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is a really special thing now. She's, she is hungry and you grab some food at the quickest place you can. But something about you, something feels like you need to go fast. And yeah, you drop her off and you need to go fast. But you're not super great at driving. You could choose to drive or you could choose to run. Both would probably get you there in about the same time, given how good you are at running and how bad you are at driving. (laughs) Gonna run. Yeah. You leave the car parked at Otis's. It's actually right next to the burnt down remnants of the mill. And as you're running past the mill, you see this strange twisted hulk of metal in the refuge, which had once been Jay's art piece. Mm-hmm. It looks like the planets of the solar system, but the ring has become melted and deformed. As you look at it, you've seen it before, but this time it looks different, sort of <sighs> sunken, as if it was a hole rather than a structure. You still feel like Lucida's in danger. Would you stop to examine this or would you keep running? I'm keep. I'm going to keep running. Yeah. People start looking at you. This is Detroit. You're a woman, no matter how strong, running alone in the city. And you don't think anyone here seriously considers attacking you. But you get a lot of attention. People are confused and a few of them say derogatory things, perhaps, under their breath as you are running. But it washes off of you. You can tell that those things are lies. You know your truth. And you know your strength. And all you need to do is be able to find her. And then you get back to where you were running to. And it didn't even make sense that you were running here, but you were. It's your old apartment, the one that you stopped living in. Mm-hmm. There's a beaten up car parked on the side of the road. And those two guys who had broken into your house are inside of it. They're not wearing ski masks now, but they've got the same build. One of them much larger. They've got the radio cranked up and you don't think Hmm. they could easily hear you as you approached. I am, I am suspicious. I am suspicious. Um, And um. Rosea's losing her cool. Can I, so they listen to the radio. Is it like listening to the radio music? Are they listening to some communication? Um, It sounds like you get close enough to hear that it is, they're listening to a local radio station, uh, Detroit station specifically, talking about local news and rap music. Okay. I try to sneak past them to get to the apartment. There's this long stretch in between you and the apartment. But as you are moving along it, you kind of just, it's almost like a prayer. It's like you just Mm -hmm. don't want to be noticed. Mm -hmm. You feel something happen around you and inside of you. And it's incredible. But to your own perception, you seem to turn invisible. silently applying no sound as you open the door for a moment you can see where the hinge is about to squeak and you lift the door subtly and it makes no noise now unseen you enter into your apartment it's been trashed i keep looking around i'm looking around specifically for lucita um i like the fact that it's trash falls back of my mind because that's not it's not something that is taking my attention right now. I'm hyper-focused on finding Lucita. So I, I look around. As you look around, you 
see that there's some blood here on the floor. You could roll a wits investigate check if you'd like, but I'm pretty sure you're not trained in investigate. I'm not. That it's no dice. It's just one die that only succeeds on a 10. Or you could again spend a point of willpower to try to decipher the crime scene. Um, I am going to roll that one. No success. Would you like to dramatically fail? Or would you like to succeed at a cost or just fail? Remind me what dramatically fail means again. So dramatically fail means that the situation would get dramatically worse. I will pay it back to you and giving you additional experience. I want to do that. That's when the police show up. <laughs> okay. It's not good. Lucida is missing and you are there in your old apartment. Her blood is on the floor. It appears there's been a struggle. The police are quick to jump to conclusions and you find yourself in jail. Otis takes good care of Paloma until your parents get involved and demand that she come live with them up in Alaska while this is all taking place. I asked, do I have a bail? Are there any bail monies? Can they pay my bail? They will pay your bail if okay. you agree that your daughter can come live with them. Uh, not permanently. It could be a, a trip to go visit and get to know grandma and grandpa, but not for permanent. No, not permanently. Well, there's a good school district where we are, so we'll get her enrolled right away. All right, but you got to be kind to her and like, oh, I'm enraged by that. And it's, and at the same time, ooh, um, But yeah, at the same time, you've got to strategize. You have to play the in your relationship yeah. with your parents is how you feel right now. Mm-hmm. Your world is falling apart. It's mm-hmm. not going well. Your bail's been paid, but you know your house is watched. You're not sure who those men are or where they took Lucida. But I feel like you start to try to figure out where they took Lucida. Mm-hmm. Stop them. Uh, I think you gain a point in stealth even. So I'll I'll mark that here on this character sheet. I appreciate you. Yeah, you've just, you've spent all this time getting dramatic failures, but you've really learned (laughs) some stuff. And Mm -hmm. you are more subtle about your movements now, concealing how you're interacting with things. It's kind of in the same vein of your growing composure. Yes, that makes sense. I think I surprised these folks. Yeah. When I finally decide to like confront them, um, can I describe what it looks like? Yeah, please do. So I think I want to, I don't know if I'm quite realizing that I'm making myself invisible to other folks just yeah. yet, but it's one of those, it, those occurrences where that happens that I see them in a car again. Yeah. And it feels like the breath is being sucked out of me as I like hold it. And then, of course, I'm breathing again normally. I don't hold it for a long time. But during that moment of hyper-focus, I need to sneak up on these folks. I do. Uh, And in that time, I have a bat in my hands. And all of a sudden, something hits their windshield and cracks it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if in invisibility they hear what I'm saying. But I shout shout at them, where's Lucita? Uh, Get out of the car. Not only as you shout this thing, does, do they hear it? But Mm. it echoes in a cone of volume, which shatters the windows of the car, but leaves the rest of the street completely untouched. You don't think anybody else even heard it. Uh, They might've heard the tires screeching for a moment, but mm-hmm. pretty sure that if you had concentrated, you could have controlled that too. Probably. Do I roll for that? Um, next time you would, I think. But right now, you have the next few moments play out as if you were Batman, but with the strength and speed of Superman. Favorite pairing? Yeah. 
you you just are super strong. You can like just take the door of the car off. You know where all the bolts are. It's an easy application of force. Mm-hmm. These guys tell you where everything is. That she's alive. She's being kept by Scott White. He's got a bunch of women there in a penthouse. And you fight your way through it, Kill Bill style. Mm-hmm. These people just work for this guy. And you are able to apply precise force, which means that you don't need to kill anybody. You can punch him in the throat. You can toss him to the ground. But that doesn't mean that you don't have to kill anybody if you don't want. Yeah, just rooms of security guards, one after the other, being taken out. I'm going to keep on pushing through until I see Lucita. Or until I see Scott White, who I'm pretty sure I know his face. Yeah, you do know his face. Oh my gosh. And has it only gotten more punchable? This guy (laughs) is just... What a human being. But now you'd known his face before the mill burned down. It's different now. There's a look around him, mm-hmm. a sort of majesty, but an infuriating majesty to you. You can feel it. It is the most, it's the biggest lie you've ever seen. He thinks that he is strong and he thinks that he is right and they are lies. For a moment, you see something massive hanging behind him, some sort of source of power. And you understand as the last of his minions fall to the ground, beaten by you at your feet. And he stands super villainous, like Bowser between you and your girlfriend. Uh, you can tell he's got powers. He's he's not just to be messed with. Okay. First, I ask Lucita if... I, I check on Lucita if they're okay. She doesn't look okay. Oh. She's not, like, tied up, but her, yeah. her lip has been broken, and she's just... She's really sad looking. It's clear that this guy has been keeping her in this space because you can see little touches of where she has made this as she would want it. He tells you that she'll be fine as soon as you give me my money. I don't have your money. Uh, He says that that's not true. And as he says it, you can tell, number one, that he is telling the truth. You feel it instinctively, and you can feel this baggage of all the money that you've been born with, all the money that your parents had created, pulling you down. It's almost like it's pulling you into this abyss, and you can feel the nothingness, how almost it's like your life has no value. Does your daughter's life have value? Obviously, yes. Yeah, this spark of hope. And you're like, well, if she has value, then I have value. And you see a luminescent sword in front of you. I grab it. As you touch the sword, you feel power rippling through you. But you can feel that this sword was made by you. In the heat of the building burning, you see yourself at the anvil, striking the metal rods. Mm -hmm. You see a flash of light at each hit. You remember being there and suddenly you are inside those arms, your tears and rage falling upon the sword. You feel the justice that this sword has missed an opportunity to do, and you feel that it should never miss an opportunity to do so again. And I think that at this point, you gain a second obsession. And that obsession is 
break things that need to be broken. <laughs> that sounds about right. You've now awakened. You're an Obramos mage, so you have the divine power of reality in your hand. And mm-hmm. I think you can just describe how this scene goes. You save Lucita, and you're mm-hmm. going to end up on a plane to Alaska. Mm-hmm. See your daughter soon. Love that. Um, I I fight. What's his face? Something uh, Scott White. White. Scott okay. White. I. I fight Squat White until um, until I'm satisfied. Until I feel like, you know, if I don't hit this guy again, like I'm fine leaving it here. Um, and um, in in that case, it means that a great amount of the room is destroyed. The ceiling collapses. Yeah on top of Scott White, anyone else, any sort of innocent person or possibly innocent person is uh, not injured. And I take Lucita and we don't, we go back to her place. We make sure that we have the necessary things to fly to Alaska um, and make sure to to help her with the injuries. I know um, that it's not the, she's not feeling all right, so. I do what I can to take care of her. And then I also call my parents to let them know that I'm coming up to Alaska in the next day or so when, when Lucita is ready to get on a plane. And because it's involving Paloma, it's a couple hours after she's ready. She's ready to go whenever the next flight is available. And we go. Yeah, you arrive. And as you travel, Lucita heals and she She touches you lightly and points out at the stars and asks you if you would marry her again. Oh, um, sure. Yes, I, 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 yeah, um, I will. Can we? Oh, um, I did not expect that. So, yes, I will. Could we? Could we reenact that though? Once we're together with Paloma and like propose in front of her, so she's part of that too. Yes, yeah, she's all down for that. Cool, cool. And yeah, the uh, future of this character is a bright one. I mm-hmm. can't wait to introduce it to the other players. Let's just do a few <laughs> last-minute mechanical things here. Okay. Arcana are the magical powers that you have. Mm-hmm. You definitely have two dots of forces to turn invisible. Okay. Definitely have one dot of prime because prime lets you see the truth. Okay. Now, you could go up to three dots in forces and two dots lets you perfectly control your motion and your force, but mm-hmm. three dots would give you telekinesis. Three dots would let you bend bullets. Um, is that some? Is that how you'd like your strongest arcana to be in forces? And would that also allow me to like bend a metal? Or okay, okay yep. yes, absolutely. You matter magic would help you in understanding materials of metals. Okay, take a dot of that. Okay, and prime magic will help you do that as well. With you get one more dot in the arcana. And I think that it mm-hmm. would either make sense to put a second dot in matter or prime or to take a dot in fate. What's fate? Fate is kind of like how you were able to find everything at the right time. Fate is how the story flows. If you get to be a fate archmage, then you can just kind of say what happens all the time in your own story. Okay. I'm going to do that. Path, Obermos, Legacy, you don't have one yet. Order, you don't have one yet. I think that your resources, let's say that you have one dot of resources left. Mm -hmm. I think that you have this thing called contacts in Detroit. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, they're willing to like look up information for you and help you out, but they're not really able to provide physical assistance to you at this time. That makes sense. With your remaining points, I think I'm going to make you a very powerful witch. So your gnosis is three, the highest that you can start with. You have two obsessions and you gain experience every time you do one of these things. Mm -hmm. And aspirations are things that you want to do. So like one could be um, see Paloma. Mm -hmm. Another one could be get Paloma back. And a third one, and you can change any of these, would be find out what's happened to me. I think that makes sense. And yeah, that's the whole character, pretty much. We've uh, we've done it. At some yeah, point in the yeah. future, you will uh, get rotes. And we honestly mm-hmm. could do spells that are in tune with your soul. So such a spell would be something like kinetic blow or invisibility. When you mm-hmm. get three successes on those spells, they would become ultra powerful. Okay. Cool. You'll eventually get magical tools, probably some that you make yourself once you know about that. Mm-hmm. For your arcane attainments. So you have a forces site. You have not just forces, but you can see in terms of prime forces and matter and fates. You can kind of like see what kind of things are going to happen with your fate site, like whether things are connected. Mm-hmm. Then with forces three, you get perfect control over your physical movements. You can apply the exact amount of force that you would like. Mm-hmm. And you also have a force field, uh, a forces shield that you can activate to just deflect damage. Like your armor deflects two points of damage and then additionally, mm-hmm. your magic deflects three. Cool. That's going to be useful. Your Nimbus would be what it feels like around you when you do spells. What does it feel like when Romero casts spells? Oh, um, a rush of winds. A rush of wind. What is when the wind hits you? How does it feel? It feels like this great force that wants to push me forward strong that like I have to I think for tell signs as to Ramiro using magic or is that their stance changes a little bit like they're taking a more planted stance on the ground um so your nimbus also mechanically affects rules that happen around you when you are casting spells. I think that it makes sense for this one to affect specifically Romero. So Mm -hmm. maybe it makes you have more presence, but maybe Mm -hmm. it makes you have more resolve or maybe it makes you have more strength. All good. Um, And you could also do plus one to two different ones. I think presence. Okay. I can type. Yes, you can. Awesome. Well, I will send this right over to you. <gasps> what Thank an you. Uh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you. This was wonderful. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. I had. I am excited to get into this. Woo!